This is your host, Dan Perkins, and I want to tell you about our guest for today's show. I.Q. Arizoli is a refugee from Iraq living in London. He is the author of the trilogy Lifting the Veil, The True Face of Muhammad and Islam. He is an outspoken critic of Islam and has had many death threats. For his personal security, we cannot show his face. Listen to what he has to say. It's important. Dan Perkins Media presents a unique and exciting program. Truth Starts Now, a conversation with Dan Perkins. The left has taken away your rights to freedom of speech. Truth Starts Now is a platform for you to regain your voice. America and Americans will be better off if we can have civil and respectful conversations about the day's important issues. Now, here's your host, Dan Perkins. Welcome to Truth Starts now. I'm Dan Perkins, your host, and joining us today is IQ Alrazoli, my friend from uh, London. And we're going to do a show today. I don't know how long it's going to be, but we'll do as long as necessary uh, to get his perspective of what's going on in uh, between the Hamas terrorists and Israel to try and destroy the river to the sea. Thank you for joining me today, sir. Thank you for having me. I want to go back. I want to go directly to that quote because I have seen so many examples of Palestinians and people who are supporting Palestine use the river to the sea. And I saw, I don't think it was a debate, but it came from Oxford last week. And discussion was about what was going on in the Middle East and what was going on. And the person representing one of the many people who was representing Hamas and the Palestinian people used this quote from the river to the sea. The person in charge of the discussion didn't challenge the Palestinian or the, or, or, or the uh, uh, Hamas person. But the, the person that was debating says, and the, and the person said, let me ask you a question. When you say the river to the sea, what is the role of Israel? And if they've said they disappear, they're gone. So you're talking about eliminating the state of Israel and the Israeli people in your phrase from the river to the sea. And he said, yes. And so I don't think even today that many Americans understand that from the river to the sea is not just a pretty slogan. It's a death threat to Israel and to the, and to the Israeli people. What absolutely. do you think? No, there's nothing to think. You're absolutely right. Well, but they're admitting it in public. The answer to the question was, yes, the extermination of the Israeli people. Now, if other people are willing to commit suicide, that's their choice. The Jews of Israel are not willing to commit suicide or be slaughtered. They are, for the first time since 1945, able to defend themselves. That's it. It's not complicated. So if the Palestinians want to destroy Israel, from my point of view, as an outsider looking in, Israel has the right to destroy them also. But they never declared, Israel never, ever declared the extermination of the Arabs or any state of the Arabs. It's always the other way around. Every Arab country intends to destroy the state of Israel. Now, Muslim countries are in the show. When you look at the river to the sea, you have a war cry of the 
of all of the terrorist groups in uh, in that region, especially in Palestine and, and Gaza. Yet, have they had? Haven't they had much higher casualties than Israel? They don't give a damn about casualties. Please, I want our listeners to re- to understand this. From the point of view of any Muslim, any of their children, their women, their men, and their daughters and sons who die, they end up in heaven. They don't die, actually. They end up in heaven with Allah, which is the purest form of death as far as Islam is concerned. This is why every terrorist say, every, in fact, every Muslim says, every Sharia compliant Muslim says, we prefer death than life. Well, if they want to prefer death, Israel can supply them with the death that they want. But, but when you say that they, they want death, it's because they want to go to heaven. Absolutely. From the point of view of the male Muslim, he ends up with Muhammad, in Muhammad's whorehouse version of heaven, of paradise. Why? He ends up with the 72 virgins. He can drink forever. He has sex forever. And he doesn't die because he's still in heaven. To be able to indoctrinate any human being with such contortion of factor reality is the ultimate weapon of war ever conceived. We have heard Benjamin Netanyahu, uh, who was the prime minister of Israel, say that um, what he wants is the uh, is the elimination of Hamas. I, I, I've thought about that statement for a long time. When we talked before, I, I talked about the the biblical uh, scripture when it talks about the the Lord has been angry with a city and he gets pleaded with if if only a hundred are good people in the city would you would you not destroy it and God says yes and the person that he's talking with God continues to move the the number down from a hundred to seventy five to fifty to forty twenty ten. And God says, yes, even if there are only 10 good people, I will spare the city. What I don't understand, and, and maybe it's a, a matter of rhetoric from that I'm not following. If there is one Hamas person left, it will not be long before there will be two and four and 20 and a thousand. I don't see how Israel thinks they can eliminate Hamas. You are absolutely correct, and not many people even think that way. Because <laughs> you cannot ever destroy an idea. In fact, sorry, you can destroy an idea only on two way, in two ways. One, to exterminate every single living person with that idea. So that, as you said, if you leave one, it becomes two, it becomes four, it becomes multiple. But when you exterminate every single one, the idea cannot be transmitted anymore. But Israel is not, in the, is not morally depraved to exterminate human beings. So the only alternative is to destroy the belief system called Islam. And this can be done for one simple reason. Destroy the fact that Muhammad said Allah is the same as the God of the Bible. Allah is most assuredly not the same as the God of the Bible. And hence, Islam is completely and utterly destroyed.
But I, but I, I, I want to respond to that, but I, I want to respond to the other thing. The desire of the Hamas to destroy Israel is just as powerful as Israel's desire to destroy Hamas. But I think that you just said that they're both impossible tasks. You cannot kill all the Muslims or all the Hamas, and you can't kill all the Jews because they will come back. So if that's true, then how can you convince people to give up their faith and, and walk away from the, the Koran? I, I, I don't understand that one, sir. But I just explained it to you. They say Allah revealed the Quran to Muhammad. Allah did not reveal a single letter in the Quran to Muhammad. Why? Because every letter, every word, every verse, ayah, and every chapter, surah in the Quran are the product of Muhammad's perverted imagination, the secretions of his depraved mind, but cleverly projected into the mouth, the unsuspecting mouth of Allah and Jibreel to give them the aura of sanctity and divinity. If the whole world, forget about the Muslims, there are 1.6 billion Muslims. Mm -hmm. Let us assume not a single one of them believes it. Fine, what I'm telling you. But if six and a half billion people outside Dar al-Islam, the, the lands of the Muslims, start taunting the Muslims that they have nothing but a cult belief system, they don't have a religion. If you don't believe in a God, a functioning God, then Islam is a cult belief system, the cult of Muhammad. It's not a religion, completely. So you destroy it completely. So all their, they say Muhammad traveled from Mecca to, to Jerusalem in one night. Allah allowed him. Now we have destroyed Allah as a God, so nobody was able to transport Muhammad from Mecca to, to Jerusalem. So their idea, the sanctity of Jerusalem to Islam, disappears instantly. The other thing, it, to prove that what I'm telling you is true, all the people who commit jihad, thinking they will end up in Muhammad's whorehouse version of paradise, completely disappears also. Because Muhammad lied. He was a pathological liar, a psychopath, and a sociopath. Plus, a child molester and rapist, a predator upon women, and the leader of the first organized crime syndicate in human history based in Medina. In that year, 632 AD. Anybody who wants to debate me, no problem. Please come. So, but, but we have two distinct groups within the the muslim philosophy we have sunni and shia and they don't get along with each other so if the if the sunni think that the shia are out of line and that they've got to be eliminated isn't that going to be create a war between the even more so than the two factions in 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 muslim uh philosophy that uh, is going to cause even more carnage? Well, they have been at war against each other, the Sunnis and Shia, since the days after Muhammad. It's not started today and yesterday. It started 1400 years ago. So the conflict continues. But both of them believe in the Quran. And both of them believe the Quran is the revelations of Allah. And both of them believe that Allah is the same as the God of the Bible. Destroy that belief their belief system is shattered forever. But do you believe the 
the the Sunnis support what Iran and the Shias are doing? No, they're supporting it only to go against Israel. But even now, the Sunnis prefer to have Israel win than the Shia to win, obviously. Because the okay. Shia are against the Sunnis. The Shia, Iran, is against all the Gulf states in the Arabian Peninsula. They are not only against Israel. They're not only against America. Islam is the, is the belief system that is against every single human being who is not a Muslim. I didn't declare that. Muhammad declared that 1,400 years ago when he told his followers that they are superior to every other human being and that every other human being, unless they submit to Sharia, can be exterminated, molested, plundered, enslaved, and raped. I didn't say that. Muhammad said that and said the Quran. Well, unfortunately, we're out of time in this segment. Tell the audience the title of your book and where they can buy it. My book is a trilogy, Lifting the Veil, the True Faces of Muhammad and Islam. You can buy it on Amazon. You can buy it on Barnes and Noble. If you want to know about Islam, Google al Rasuli, A-L-R-A-S-S-O-L-I, and you will learn a hell of a lot in a very short period of time. We'll be right back with IQ. We are Americans, male and female, from many races and cultures from all over the world. One thing above all else is we are patriots who protect our nation and defend, when necessary, our Constitution from attacks both foreign and domestic. Today, as American patriots, we must take back our country from those who want to destroy it and us. We must start by taking back our children and their education. Parents, not union, should be in charge of our children's education. We must be sure that they are taught about the greatness of America and its people. Our children should not be indoctrinated with the belief that parents are racist and are evil and trying to destroy the world. As patriots, we must take back our country from foreign nations who want to destroy us and our way of life. Yes, as patriots, we want America to be first. We want an open and fair trade policy, energy independence, safe cities, and secure borders where we can grow and prosper as a nation of free people. Become an American patriot. Help take back America by voting Republican. Welcome back to The Truth Starts Here with our guest IQ Arizola, and we're talking about what's going on in the Middle East and specifically in uh, Giza and Israel in the current war. You were talking about in the last segment that the God of the Muslims isn't truly the God of the Bible. It's not a God at all. Explain that. The name Allah was the name of a god of pagan Arabia centuries before Muhammad tried to transform me into the, the god of the Bible. For example, Muhammad's full name is Muhammad bin Abdullah. That means his father was called Abdullah. What does Abdullah mean? Abd means slave. Allah means the god of uh, the peninsula of Arabia. Allah was the name of the supreme God of Arabia centuries before Muhammad. So all he did, Muhammad, is metamorphosed him into the God of the Bible. People want to have truth. Truth. Okay, no problem. 
the first verse revealed to Muhammad says, اقرأ باسم ربك الذي خلق خلق الإنسان من علق. That's the first revelation of the whole of the Quran. What does it mean? It says, it means read or recite in the name of your Lord who created man from a clot. You know what a clot is? No. No. Clot is a clot of blood. Clot of blood. In fact, okay. Alaq in the Arabic language has two meanings. Either a leech or a clot of blood. But anybody who knows the Bible, and should be, a, if they are Christians, they should know the Bible. God created humanity or mankind from the dust of the earth, formed them into a form and breathed life into them. Right. So how could Allah be the same as the God of the Bible? But the most important one is this one. All four Gospels say that Jesus died on the cross and was resurrected the third day. The Quran says Jesus never died on the cross. A look-alike died on the cross. So in an instant, with one sentence, Muslims destroy the whole of Christianity because without death and resurrection, there is no Christianity. Now, you want more proof? I've got 30 more. All of them based in the Quran. What was going on, if you know, with the people at the time that Muhammad was bringing out the Quran? What was? Wh why did they? Why did they accept it so readily? They didn't accept it at all. It took him thirteen years to have less than a hundred people. He was exhorting his own tribe of Quraysh, his own kith and kin, for thirteen years. He didn't succeed. Why? They knew he was a charlatan. By the way, Muhammad in his in the Quran, but the Quran is actually an autobiography of Muhammad. It's a reflection of his thoughts. Every single sentence in the Quran reflects what he was thinking. Every single revelation that Allah allegedly revealed to him was to satisfy any of his desires. These, what I'm telling you, are not propaganda. What I'm telling you is based in the Quran and in the Hadith. And as I said, if you bring an Imam, the most prominent Imam on earth, I shall completely obliterate him in no time. Because I am quoting from the Quran and from the Hadith. And you cannot possibly deny either of them. So, what, but IQ, what if the first 13 years he got, got up to 100 followers? I, I hate to be over simple, but what happened in year 14 that caused the numbers to change? No, I didn't cause it. From the, the 10 years after that, he started wars of aggression against every tribe in Arabia. He ambushed his own tribe. He terrorized them. Muhammad said, and it's in the Quran, no, no sorry, it's in the Hadith. I have, made, I have been made victorious with terror. After he died, by the way, Abu Bakr, who became the Khalifa, that means the person who took over from Muhammad, spent two years terrorizing the whole of the Arabian Peninsula and forced them to be Muslims. Nobody in his right mind, no human being who is rational and fair-minded and decent will ever convert to Islam. Because there is not a single verse in the whole of the Quran that shows any love between their God and the humanity or between humanity and other humanity. So what you're saying is that 
he tried to do it a certain way for 10 to 13 years, and he didn't make much progress. He got a few followers. When he turned to violence, that's when his numbers went up. Yeah, pick up dramatically. By the way, and and, sorry, and so yeah, go on, go on. So that the the that the the Korean is is as you said a biography of uh, of Muhammad, but it's also uh, full of um, terrible things that that you're allowed to do as a Muslim with no consequences, Absolutely. and uh, it was violence, and and th and that's what we're looking at today. In Israel, is that that was a violent attack? Israelites. I want to go on to another question. You've told me on many many occasions, read the first nine chapters of your book, and you'll you'll need you'll get all you need to know, right? Of course, yes, correct. Start reading okay, chapter so, two to chapter nine. Okay, that's enough. So, my question is, what's in the other three volumes? Why no, did it take? No, why did there it take? One hundred fourteen chapters. I'm giving you eight chapters. 114 in the first book or 114 in no, all no, three? No, no, only have one book. Quran is one book made up of 114 chapters. Read chapter 2 to chapter 9. The others okay. are irrelevant. Why? Because the most destructive, the most obscene chapters are chapters 2 to 9. The others only complement it. Something else you've got to understand. The Quran goes into two phases. The first 10 years when Muhammad was did not have an army, it was in Mecca. They're called the Meccan revelations. When he moved to Medina, the terror verses, the aggressive verses came up for the next 10 years, almost. So what do you have? You have a dichotomy. The conciliatory verses of the Quran are completely overridden by the violent verses uh, in, from Medina. Why is so? Because the Quran says, that revelations that appeared later supersede the revelations that appeared earlier. It's, in Arabic, it's called al-nasikh wal-mansukh, the abrogating and abrogated verses. It fills 71 chapters of the Quran. So I'm, I'm going to do an analogy here. You may not agree with it, but I'm going to do it anyway. As you have talked about Quran and the three books and the chapters two to was it two to nine? Is that what you said? Two to nine? No, I, I know. There are no chapters. There are only chapters, 114 chapters in the Quran. Chapter two to chapter nine are the most important ones in the Quran. Right. Okay. So my my question is that that in, in looking about Muhammad and his life and how he changed to, a, to a, an essence, a terrorist, he, using fear, uh, convinced thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people, to join his movement. Isn't that the same thing that's true of global warming? <laughs> it's true, exactly the same thing, fear. But the most important thing you've got to remember about the, Muhammad, he told his followers who were fighting on his behalf, the jihadis, if you fight and survive, you get the plunder. That means the captured women, the children, the slaves, you get part of the clunder. But when you die, you end up in Muhammad's whorehouse version of paradise with unlimited sexual 
pleasures and carnal pleasures and food pleasures. So it's a win-win situation. This is why in the first 100 years of Islam, they were so willing to die fighting. They defeated the empires of, of the Persian Empire and the Christian Byzantine Empire. So, so I know this is probably going to sound strange, but I, I, I am compelled to ask it now. Sexual relations seems to be an important part of the fundamentals in Islam. Well, it's not sexual relations, really. They, they don't have love sexual relations. They have carnal sexual relations. To right. marry a girl or to, to rape a girl nine years old, that, uh, I wouldn't call that sexual relations. True. There is no consent. But my point, my point being is that the reward, as you just pointed out, if, uh, if you do the bidding of Allah and Muhammad, following the Quran and kill people and do all this other stuff, the reward is 72 it's, virgins. It's immense, immense reward for goodness. You have immense rewards when you're dead, and you have excellent rewards if you're still alive. How can you lose? It's impossible. Talk about indoctrination. This is the ultimate indoctrination. So if we, we got about two minutes left, taking what we just talked about and we go back to Hamas, and what's happening today, and your your belief is that Hamas is willing to sacrifice unlimited numbers of, of Palestinians for their for their mission. The the Palestinians are are they not aware of their being used as dupes? Yes, but they are under the impression that when you they die, they end up in Muhammad's whorehouse version of paradise. So they are they are convinced their death is important to continue the Sharia objective of subjugating the whole of humanity to Islam. They are collateral damage, unimportant. If you die for Muhammad and Islam, and you get 72 virgins, what do you get if you're a woman? Nothing. It doesn't just say anything. In fact, most probably the women became, become the virgins to be raped by the jihadis. I don't know. But nobody ever figured out what happens to the women because it's not written in the hadith. But aren't women becoming a bigger and bigger force in, in the, the terrorist movement? No, some very few women become terrorists. I'll tell you what they do to them. They convince them that they, their death is important and that they will end up in maybe 72 husbands. I don't know. But it, there is nothing in the whole of Islamic literature and scripture to reward a woman who dies in jihad doesn't exist. Only so the there's no, nothing in the Quran, as you know it, that would specifically reward women for women for jihad. No, something very important before we finish. What okay. Hamas is doing to Israel, what Muslims are doing to Israel and the Jews, is not only for Israel and the Jews. In Africa today, as we are speaking. The greatest number of victims on a daily basis are Christian Africans, murdered relentlessly in Nigeria, in the Republic of the Congo, in Mozambique, in Angola, every single day. And you don't hear about it from any news media in the whole of the West. And they're being slaughtered by Muslims? Of course. <laughs> by who? <laughs> Not by Hindus. Not by Buddhists and, and not by Jews. 
so it but is this this slaughter by the muslims part of a strategy to convert the country into muslims uh, i'm sorry into muslims they are using terror like muhammad by the way the muslims are terrorists in 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 in, in in most of the Southeast Asian nations, like in uh, Thailand, like in the Philippines, they cannot ever be loyal citizens in any country which is not Muslim. They can't. In fact, many of them are not even loyal to Muslim countries. The Shia is not loyal to the Sunni Muslim, and the Sunni is not loyal to the Shia Muslim. So what we have here is a disgusting belief system that is anathema to anything we believe in as a human being. Okay, thank you so much for that. We're unfortunately, again, out of time. I just want to say something. If you're watching this on TV, you'll see that you can see me, but you can't see IQ. He's uh, He's been protecting his identity since he left Iraq and came to the, to the UK uh, for his own personal security, for the things that he's saying. And I thank him for coming on today. You can get his book at Amazon and Barnes and Noble, or you can order it through your local bookstore. And the title of the book, IQ? Lifting the Veil, the True Faces of Muhammad and Islam. Thank and you, for, thank you for having me. God bless you. We'll be right back. Thank you for joining us today. And we'd like to hear your comments or questions. So go to bwradionetwork.com. That's bwradionetwork.com. And give us your questions or comments. And thanks for joining us today.